Although I'm a doctor by profession, I'm not your doctor. All content and information on this podcast and on our website is for informational and educational purposes and does not constitute medical advice and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by use of our site. Although we strive to present accurate information, the podcast and website are not a substitute for your healthcare provider. Always consult a healthcare professional who knows your particular needs and circumstances before making any health-related decisions. Also, there are curse words that are unedited and graphic descriptions of bodies, bodily fluids, and other real-life scenarios that might make some listeners uncomfortable. Yeah, I said it. I'm Dr. Suzanne Ciotti. And I'm Becca Hammer. Welcome to the Perimena Podcast. Topic of the day, weighing your options. Suzanne, I mean, you know well that I have spent most of my career in sales and sales enablement. And I, so I'm always interested in thinking and understanding about what makes people tick. And every now and again, you come across a book that changes the way you think about everything. You know what I'm talking about? Have you come across one of those? Oh, yeah. And not just Grey's Anatomy. I mean. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, several years ago, I read a book called The Paradox of Choice. If you're not familiar with it, it goes a little something like this. Even though we think as human beings that we like to have a lot of choices in life, it turns out we don't. Surprise! When faced with a bunch of choices, we don't want to choose incorrectly. If there's a lot of options, we're usually filled with regret that we didn't choose something else. Um, And then finally, when faced with multiple choices, sometimes we will choose not to decide, which, as the band Rush reminds us, you still have made a choice. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) Throughout this series, we have offered up a bevy of options for you for you, to address your symptoms of perimenopause. But here's the thing. If you have seven symptoms and you've given me 22 different things to try to, to combat or to, to help alleviate that, how the hell do I know where to start? Well, today, what we're going to do is we're going to help you understand how to weigh your options and approach this this process so that you, A, feel like you have some measure of control, and B, so you don't regret any of your choices uh, by doing or not doing something. Right, Suzanne? Right, it is. We have given everybody a lot of different sorts of choices because it feels like people tend to lean towards more Uh, medical prescriptions versus alternative or natural treatments, uh, usually in their day-to-day lives. And I know that in these 20-something episodes, each one has had many of these different options laid out for you. So we've really given you scores and scores and scores of options for all these different symptoms related to menopause. And I know that it's been overwhelming for people. Sometimes it can be paralyzing so you don't make a choice, just like you said. So in this episode, 
where you're, we've decided to simplify things a little bit by organizing your options into four distinct groups, because this might be more fitting to your style of how you approach your healthcare in general. So where you land will depend on the severity of your symptoms, when, what you usually like to do in your day-to-day health and wellness routine, and how much weight you give to the risks of, of taking a regular standard prescription, for instance, based on your history. Remember that for most of the options presented, there's no one right way to do perimenopause. So Amen. much of it is up to you, right? So do yeah. some self-reflection, definitely, and be honest about your expectations with treatments and how bad or not your symptoms currently are. Maybe you stopped your periods, it's been three months, and you're feeling pretty normal. That could be an option for you. And maybe you don't need to do anything at all. Also keep in mind that your symptoms may change throughout this journey. So Many symptoms might be worse for that year leading up to menopause and maybe the year after, and many of them will subside and some will go away completely. So keep that in mind that things might change as well. And you have this list of certain options that might be helpful for you. Well, and Suzanne, I think one of the things too, is that we are dynamic individuals, right? Mm -hmm. And to suggest that at the start of perimenopause, you're going to feel exactly the same way you do a year after your last period, that just ain't going to happen, right? I mean, you don't go through this crazy ass ride without feeling different kind of from one quarter, I'll I'll put it in quarterly, Mm -hmm. from like one quarter to the next. And so I I think what's really critical as you start going through these options is thinking you don't have to commit through the whole journey. You don't have to say, this is the one thing I'm going to do and I'm going to stick to it forever and ever. Amen. You have choices and you can say, you know what? I was doing that before, but now that ain't working for me. I'm going to reevaluate and try something new. That's right. I love that you say quarterly because it is football season, isn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you've got your first 25 years of life, second, you're 25 through 50, 50 through 75. But, and now we're kind of focusing on that kind of, well, 25 to, to 75, basically a long range. And there are options. We're going to talk about our options in four main categories, or we talked about them as in buckets. So first consider that you can do nothing. That's a, nothing. I mean, it's absolutely not. We've mentioned it before, but I wanted to emphasize it because you don't have to do anything at all. Menopause can just happen naturally all on its own and you don't have to take anything. It's a natural process and perhaps your symptoms may be manageable with even minimal intervention. So if yeah. you're, I mean, my, I don't know if you recall, but I was telling you about my friend that I have who she's like, you know what? I had a couple of hot flashes. That was mm-hmm. it. I mean, and for her, it was, it was not a big deal and she didn't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, my own journey, I did not choose to do anything either. So, mm-hmm. um, right. you know, I, in retrospect, maybe, uh, I probably would have done things a little differently, but <laughs> yeah, I was just stupid. And so didn't do anything and lived 
I live right. to tell the tale. Right. And you so. weren't given options. You were given no options. Yeah. That was basically what yeah. you were told to do too. I had, I knew I had options and I kind of, I didn't even realize I was in menopause as we've talked about before. And as soon as I found out, I started hormones and I felt much better after that. So, but that's, but everybody's a little different in how they've been thinking about menopause, what they think their might, approach might be. And you might get there and go, oh, hell, this is way worse than I thought. I thought I wasn't going to do any <laughs> hormones, but damn, if those will take away my hot flashes, I'll feel much better. You you have to keep reassessing and being honest with how you feel. Exactly. Yeah. So you're going to keep doing that too, even in perimenopause, each month, each year through perimenopause, even after perimenopause, you're going to use this strategy of reassessing each year, deciding how you're feeling. Is your vaginal dryness worse, for instance? Or do you have a new risk factor? Like you just learned that your bone density is low. So maybe then you'd reconsider of taking hormone replacement therapy or another medicine for treatment, or you'd really be diligent about taking your vitamin D. Which is absolutely fine. I wasn't doing anything. I learned something new, and now I changed direction. Right. Completely perfect. Right. So we can always consider adding estrogen at a later date, but usually there's kind of a maximum amount of time after menopause we'll add it, usually not past the age of 60, uh, usually not very much past that first five years after you've started your, had your last period when you're truly postmenopausal. Uh, because we don't add it because we can add some change, introduce issues like start periods to happen again, or you might get develop, uh, breast tissue stimulation and, and tenderness, uh, and leakage of, uh, leakage of discharge from your breast, which are, is complicated because then we start looking for cancer and that sort of thing. We might precipitate hot flashes, especially if we start hormone replacement therapy on you, and then we take it away. It becomes some other complications if we wait too long. There's a second bucket of options, uh, which is a more naturopathic approach. So we talked, we dedicated some episodes to acupuncture. That's one of these natro, nat, more naturopathic or alternative approaches. We talked about herbals in almost every single episode, supplements that might be useful for controlling symptoms and um, helping with your risk factors uh, with low estrogen, like, like vitamin D for helping protect your bones if you don't take estrogen. So we've discussed with nearly every symptom herbals, like black cohosh for hot flashes. So you have a lot, a big bucket to choose from that way. And if you decide... Uh, that you want to try this strategy, you can do it for a few months with a naturopath and see how it goes. Remember, if you do choose this path to keep track of your herbals and supplements and make sure all your practitioners or providers know exactly what it is that you're taking. And I think that part is critical, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a tendency to think if it's not a prescription, it's quote natural. Mm -hmm. And if I'm, it's like, well, that's like reporting that I drank orange juice this morning. No, it's not. If you are, if you are using herbals, they have the same, they can do some of the same things that a prescription can do. And you can't go messing around taking certain things, not reporting them to your provider and trying to get a prescription for something else. There could be a very unintended circumstance to getting, take, getting a prescription for something while you're taking a certain herbal. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't confuse herbal for like, it's so natural that I don't ever have to talk to my provider about it. You absolutely do. So another bucket of options would be com go, going the completely hormonal route. 
So that's if you decide to get a standard estrogen prescription, then your provider can help you decide if it should be with a progesterone, for instance, if, you, if needed because you still have your uterus. You'll be able to choose if you want to do it orally or if it's topical or injectable because we have patches, injections available as estrogen as well as oral estrogen as regular prescriptions. There's also vaginal hormones. We've talked about vaginal estrogen as well. And it might be a great option for that intense vaginal dryness and tearing that you might be experiencing as well. Uh, and it'll help make sex more enjoyable. So these are options that most practitioners know well and can offer. As we discussed, there may still be some bias from providers about not prescribing hormones. And remember that's due to that old warnings of the Women's Health Initiative study from 30, nearly 30 years ago that influenced many prescribers. So if you can't find a provider who will allow that to be an option, keep looking. There are providers out there that are women's health minded who can help if this is what you want. This, I can't, I'm just going to, I'm going to second this until the cows come home. Mm -hmm. um, there are providers out there who, for lack of time, la lack of education or old information, ignorance, or you know what? They just don't give a shit about you that much. Mm -hmm. They're going to, they're going to try to brush you off. They're going to try to tell you that, oh, I don't prescribe hormones. Find someone else. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, unless you've got those indicators of, you know, if you have a history of breast cancer, if you have a clotting, duh, you're not taking hormones. But I'm talking about if you want a hormone and you've got a provider that's just really trying to punt you because of old information, keep looking. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then there's also in this hormonal option camp, there's a possibility of starting compounded hormone therapy. So we talked about that in our options segment. It's a more specialized approach and it might be hard finding the right provider because that's something that's a kind of a subset of even those who do women's health, who might be MDDOs, naturopaths, uh, or nurse practitioners. So more than likely, there's someone in your area, especially if you're in an urban area, if you can consider a provider who's an MD, a DO, uh, who specializes in women's health. Uh, and remember that these are those hormones that are made at very low doses in different combinations. There's some that are topical, there's some that are oral, uh, and they ha tend to have less f side effects because there's less estradiol, which is the risky hormone, and less risks. And we can add testosterone, which is a hard thing to get in any prescriptions for women. And it might be helpful for libido. I am just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over uh, compounded right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I don't know, it feels as if, I mean, I get it. There's millions and millions of women who take a regular prescription that comes in a standard dosage, but there's just something so compelling about a compounded hormone. Mm -hmm. Because for me personally, I want the very least I can get that has the impact I want. Mm -hmm. I don't need extra. If I only need, if I only need one, I don't want 10, you know? Mm -hmm. And I love that idea that I can that I can step my way into hormones through compounding. Mm -hmm. And, and I just, and, and like you said, you know, if I want some testosterone for libido, go back to the libido episode, if you don't know what we're talking about and I can get it and I don't have to, you know, grow a full beard and mustache and well, mm -hmm. my voice is already low, but, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that a compounding pharmacy can address 
me as an individual instead of just like one size fits all prescription. I mean, and I think definitely this is where the internet is your friend. If you live in a medical desert, consider finding a doctor and a compounding pharmacy. Like we like Women's International Pharmacy online, mm -hmm. baby. They can help you, right? They have physicians who can do prescriptions and a pharmacy who can fulfill them all online. So if, if you don't have somebody in your area, maybe you live in an area where there just aren't a ton of providers, go to that interwebs, baby. You can find, don't suffer. You can do this. Mm -hmm. Right. Very good point. Using an online provider is a great resource. Remember that you're going to want to still do like your in-person examination, regular examination with your provider, which might be your gynecologist um, or, or a family practice doctor. Uh, but you definitely for that hormonal kind of specialized approach, you sure could go online. So there's another uh, another option, another bucket of treatment options, which are choosing to take each symptom separately and just do a regular medicine that's a prescription that are not hormones. So this would be very important for those people who have too many risk factors for using hormones. They, they have a clotting disorder or they have a personal history of breast cancer. So that's something that they can try to start with a regular primary care physician or a gynecologist. Uh, well, give me that, an example. Give me yeah, an example of how that sure. might work. Sure, you bet. So for instance, say you already have high blood pressure and you're on a medication. Well, there are some blood pressure medications that are very good for hot flashes. We oh. just want to kill two birds with one stone by maybe changing to one that's a little more helpful that way. Another example is there are a lot of people who take medication for depression. It's a pretty common prescription. We live in kind of stressful times. Maybe you're taking one right now. So if you mention this to your provider that you are having a lot of hot flashes or having trouble sleeping, it might be that they can change your up your antidepressant to one that's more useful for hot flashes or for sleep. So you'd be once again, killing two birds with one stone. Like I said, if you have a strong family history or a strong history yourself of breast cancer or clotting disorder, this might be your path. Remember that no matter what you choose, keep each provider informed about what you're doing and what new medications or herbals you're taking so that you can avoid too many interactions. Well, let's, let's talk about some timelines. Yes. Then. I mentioned mm -hmm. when, you know, at the opening part of the segment of our, of our show today that I'm not stuck. I'm not stuck with one path. I don't have to stay on one path and, and see it through the distance. I right. have a ton of choices. Talk a little bit about the timeline on these things. Right. So as far as the timeline goes, a lot of time women will start herbals or alternative options uh, at when they start having symptoms. And that could be any time. We've talked about how perimenopause might be occurring for you as early as 35 years of age, uh, far before you actually have your last final period ever. Uh, so most uh, herbals and alternative treatments like acupuncture can be added simultaneously to other prescription medicines. Even some of those herb supplements can be added. Of course, you'd want to let your practitioner know. Uh, keep those providers informed with any new addition. So since most women, so have... but let's say let's say that I started that I I started feeling some symptoms. Mm -hmm. Maybe I had some brain fog. Maybe I had some sleep issues um, and some joint pain or something like that. So I took some. I did went to the acupuncturist. I started doing the herbs and yeah. it worked until mm -hmm. it didn't. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then what? How do well, I start to then to reassess? 
Right. So then it, you're like, okay, my acupuncturist, I've gave them a shot, gave them a couple shots. Maybe you had a follow-up. Well, then, you know, probably a good to stop your herbals with that provider since they didn't work. Uh, go to your next provider who might be a gynecologist or a, a family practice doctor. Discuss with them some of your symptoms. If it's a brain fog and trouble sleeping, for instance, and they can come up with a, a new a prescription for you, or maybe you'd want to try a prescription hormone at that point. So, you know, it's nice to try one new thing at a time uh, as a general rule, because if you do if you do a bunch of herbals from your acupuncturist, and then you also start a new medication within the same two-week period, you might not have all of the side effects worked out from one or the other, or no, was it really the herbal that helped me, or was it the prescription medicine that helped me? So good to do one thing at a time and give it a, a good solid, you know, three or four weeks between making changes uh, to know if that, that your symptoms getting better. That so, makes sense. That yeah. absolutely makes sense. Right. People to keep in uh, in their minds, you know, you don't have to necessarily be taking these things for your whole life. You could decide uh, at any time, maybe after the first year or two, that you could taper your hormonal or non-hormonal medication. Of course, you'd want to do this with the, the help from your practitioner, guidance for your practitioner. Uh, some women, though, decide to stay on hormones for their lifetime since it benefits the vaginal tissues and also your bones, like we talked about in our osteoporosis uh, segment. What's interesting, so you might be one of those women who does start them at age 51 and then stays on them for your lifetime. A lot of women do try at age 65 to taper or go off their hormones. And you want to guess, I, I bet, yes, right. <laughs> it's because of the out-of-pocket costs, because most insurances stop paying for hormones after this age. Ah, Medicare. That's usually the beginning of <laughs> they, Medicare. And it's not they considered They decide that you a, can't get pregnant anymore. <laughs> you decide that you're done with this. You don't need right. any more hormones. I guess you don't need, you shouldn't need hormones. You're 65. God, I like to yeah, say though- right. Like as for all these buckets of options, uh, as a general kind of prescription for life, all women going through perimenopause should consider taking vitamin D3 at at least 2,000 units a day. It's really good for mood, mental clarity. It's also extremely good for your bones. Uh, and we probably don't get enough vitamin D in our diets. Are you eating oily fish? <laughs> And didn't you say that most people that you have tested over the years are quite low in yes. vitamin D? A lot of people are low in vitamin D. And maybe that's because we're wearing sunscreen, which you should do because of the risk of skin cancer. Skin cancer is one of the biggest cancers that we have. Um, it might also because we're not eating a lot of oily fish, like maybe we used to in the past. And also our guts are a little messed up uh, compared to in the past. There might be more inflammation, making it harder for us to absorb vitamin D. So those are all reasons why I think it's good to take a vitamin D supplement. Probiotics are really good. They're very good for your immune system. They're also really essential for helping you absorb certain nutrients. Probiotics are helpful. It might be part of what keeps people from getting long COVID. Um, and I think that whole mm -hmm. microbiome is something that we're investigating and learning about more and more. We live with a lot of viruses and bacteria and kind of yeasts in our gut that we've lived with, for, you know, throughout the millennia. Um, and those are important to keep replenished. Yeah, we've talked about too that, you know, there's a ton of of antibiotic 
in our food sources, mm -hmm. in our, you know, I go and I've got a sinus infection, I'm getting an antibiotic, I get a right. lot of antibiotics, which absolutely turn my microbiome upside down, right? right. Yeah. And so, you know, a probiotic is probably a really good idea for every single one of us. Right. And we talk about prebiotics. So those things that help new, help keep our, our gut biome happy. And those are high fiber foods, high fiber, natural foods, lots of fruits and vegetables. And maybe we don't eat as many of those as we should. I mean, are you eating vegetables uh, for breakfast? Usually we're not. We're usually eating a lot, a big bowl of carbs. So that that's good. <laughs> And then omega-3s and 6s are really good. So I always, I, an easy way to do it is by getting flaxseed oil. They do make gel caps of flaxseed oil, easy to pop in. Omega-3, we don't make it ourselves. We have to get it from our diet. So two grams a day of that, I think, are good standards for everyone going through menopause or times of stress or transition. So it helps give you that support you need. What about vitamin B? B is extremely important because it's one of those uh, vitamins that we get less and less good at absorbing in our gut. So we there's a bunch of mechanisms of vitamin B12 in particular is absorbed. Plus, all of the B vitamins are cooked out of food. So they're not in processed food very much. Uh, so uh, hard, they can be hard to get, and we tend to be, it tends to be something that we get more at risk for being depleted of as we get past the age of 50. So taking a B complex is a good idea as well. Thank you. For Wait, the sorry, reminder. just for just for a moment. So B complex, is that mm -hmm. some combination of B3, B6, B12? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm and I'm asking this and I know I sound like a dope, but you know, I went to Costco the other day and it was literally floor to ceiling supplements. Mm -hmm. And if there was ever a paradox of choice, I mean, it was standing there looking at all of my options going, fuck, which one? Right. You know, I, I don't want to choose incorrectly. I don't mm -hmm. want to go the wrong way not get the maximum benefit. So be complex. Right. So that just the four. So we just have four things we're kind of adding in there. The D3, your vitamin B complex, your flaxseed oil and your probiotics. So if you, those are kind of the ones that I think are the standards that are good for everybody to take. Also make sure that you're getting regular sleep since sleep is a great medicine. Uh, and get regular exercise and try to limit that alcohol. Stop smoking if, you, if you're if smoking still, which I know it's less and less enough of us that are. Our, that's going to be part of your new improved lifestyle for that postmenopausal time. And it's really good for this time of stress for your body. Okay. So as a side note, I have to ask. So you say stop smoking. And I think a lot of us have Stop smoking cigarettes, even if we did that way back in the day. <laughs> um, you, all of us. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, so do you want to address what about smoking weed? Is it becomes legal in more and more states? Are you talking about stopping smoking weed as well? Well, no, actually not. It's not as bad for your lungs to smoke weed. As, uh, you know, there's also the more of the options as it is to smoke cigarettes or tobacco because you don't smoke as much. Uh, it's still not so great for your lungs. So, I mean, if it's you like to consume THC of some sort, sometimes it's better to do it as an edible so you're not uh, damaging the cilia in your lungs that are so sensitive. But really, I'm meaning tobacco mostly. Um, that one really is bad for increasing your risk of lung cancer, 
uh, and damaging your lungs long-term, causing emphysema in the long run. I bet we find out more and more about how marijuana smoke is bad for the lungs down the line, but uh, it's a, it's a less than what we usually consume with uh, tobacco. All right, you heard it here first. Your doctor said smoke weed. <laughs> she didn't, she never said that. She never said that. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Uh, I, and I, I am in wholehearted agreement. And, and I'm not going to lie. And Suzanne and I have had a number of conversations around this. Is that it can be overwhelming. And like I just alluded to, standing in the vitamin and herb and supplement aisle is overwhelming. There's so many choices. And I have all these symptoms and we've given a lot of options. But I think, you know, I think what the the takeaway here is, is that you you do have options. Mm-hmm. You, this is one of those times in your life since it is so bespoke. And, and what that means is that you get to pivot your treatment depending on how you're feeling. You get to pivot on what's working. You get to pivot on what's not working. There is no rule that says once you start a treatment that you can't change direction if it's not working. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, we would strongly recommend keeping your option open. What that requires, though, is that you really pay attention to your body and monitor what's going on and what's working. Because we promise if there's anything we can say about perimenopause and menopause is that it is never the same. It is going to change as you go through it. So we also recognize that you can end up feeling like if you're not taking 25 supplements, vitamins, minerals, herbs, or prescriptions a day, that you're doing yourself a disservice. That's not our intention either. What we want, though, is for you to know yourself, understand what you're trying to solve for, and then take things on one at a time to see how you respond until you get to a place where you're feeling like, okay, I can I can get through this. I think that that's good. We're just trying to give you kind of an, a general overview of all these things that we've talked about and look at your specific symptoms at that time. So maybe you know one three-month period, you're having a new symptom. You can go back in our, our podcast episodes and look for a particular symptom, and we'll give you that list of different options to try. And you'll find that we have these options like out that if you want to do something that's more herbal or if it's something that's compounded or something that's a regular prescription, those options will be laid out in each one of the episodes. So go by your symptoms, which are, are what you're experiencing and keep track month to month of how you're feeling. And we can find ways to make you feel better and live your best life. And in case you're trying to scribble this down while you're driving down the street or something, uh, we will go ahead and put up Dr. Suzanne's general prescription for all women going through menopause of the vitamin D3, the probiotic, the vitamin B complex and flaxseed. We'll put up those and the numbers that you should take uh, daily, regardless of other choices that you make, things to take or not take. It'll be on the website. Let's talk about our next episode. The next time, we're going to conclude our series on menopause. In it, we're going to talk about what happens after menopause. Believe it or not, there is life without brain fog, heart palpitations, (laughs) sleeplessness. And we're going to talk about what that looks like from two women who survived it. Join us with your vision set on the horizon for the next Paramenta podcast.
If you'd like to visit our website where reference materials and links to other podcasts are held, please visit us at www.theperimenopodcast.com. If you have questions, comments, thoughts for another episode, please feel free to send us an email at theperimenopodcast at gmail.com. Find more episodes wherever you get your favorite podcast. Please do us a favor. If this information has been helpful for you, please like us, write a review if you're so inclined, and most importantly, share this podcast with another sister so she can be informed too.